0: And we're back and we're sadder than ever. That's right, you guys. It's Not So Young Adults, where two former teens try to re- reclaim the glory days of their youth by reviewing their favorite young adult books to figure out exactly what makes them so timeless. My name is Spencer, and as always, and I mean always, literally every time, I am joined by my lovely co-host and resident librarian, whose library I have recently seen So and got very excited about.
1: You can vouch for it. Jess! Hey, y'all.
0: Fresh off the book fair, it's yeah. Jess. Well,
1: still happening. I mean, it's we're still in the middle of book fair, but mm-hmm. yeah, book fair is currently happening. Spooky season is happening, and as you said, we're sadder than ever.
0: That's right. We've, um, despite the book fair going on, which is, I think, unanimously the most exciting literary event of a chil- young child, child and y- yeah, preteen <laughs> life, like. Without a doubt. Correct. We don't even need... We could actually do a whole episode on this classic book fair. Right. <laughs> but that's not what we're doing today. Um, sorry, you guys. We've been a bit of an MIA lately.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. At the beginning of the month, my my dad passed. Oh, we're just going to say it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Um, and yeah, I had to take a little bit of a break, but...
0: Yeah. Um, In all seriousness... It's been a rough month for us, yeah. um, especially you, and so um, I obviously it's I'm sure you guys understand why we weren't doing the show, but I still apologize that yeah. we couldn't do this and and probably could have communicated that better. But you know, a lot was happening, and uh, you know,
1: it was a lot. <laughs>
0: you, you know, suddenly something happens in your life, and the uh, young adult book podcast you do doesn't feel quite as urgent as it did the weeks before yes yes so um we're coming out a bit late we had this episode planned or i had it planned at least it's coming out later than it was supposed to but this is our halloween spooktacular and i wanted to give you like recommendations and stuff for halloween season but our Halloween season was unfortunately much more spooky than you want.
1: Definitely, more, yeah, like, a little more traumatizing. Yeah, and
0: I, I very unfortunately in like late September is like I really want to like go all out this this Halloween. I want to really like really did. have a spooky we, Halloween. We were
1: gonna really go for it, this and
0: boy, year. that was a monkey paw statement if there ever was one. <laughs> it got real. It got too real too fast.
1: It did. Yes, and
0: I, uh, for the sake of our audience, I will. Stop trying to make jokes (laughs) about this. Continue on the show. So we're doing a Halloween special, even though this is probably going to come out on Halloween. But we're not just, I'm going to give you guys some recommendations, some fun YA Halloween reads. But before we get to that, I have a few very spooky Halloween stories (gasps) from the world of literature.
1: Okay. The spookiest <gasps> of book stories. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. So, also, I would like to add that mm-hmm. I do have a couple, two exactly, recommendations, middle school recommendations okay. for Halloween
0: books. Cool. We're going to do that at the end. Yes. It'll be great, you guys. You'll have to really speed read through them to get it <laughs> done in time. But, you know.
1: We have faith in you. We
0: we like to be spooky year round. So, we do. yeah, you so guys can do that too. I'm gonna
1: keep it going,
0: yeah. But without further ado, we're gonna get into three very spooky stories from the world of literature, starting with perhaps the spookiest of books. Hmm. And we're no, no, I'm not talking about Stephen King with or Lolita or the Bible, <laughs> I'm talking about the Voynich manuscript. Oh. Oh, yes. Well,
1: I don't know that I've heard of this.
0: Yes, so the Voy- Voynich manuscript is Russian? Well, it's named after a Polish man who okay. discovered this text and it's a technically it's referred to as a codex, so it kind of predates oh. what we consider printed like pre-Gutenberg Printed text, right? So it's printed on animal skin.
1: Listen, I get, a, I get, a, I come across a lot of those in my gaming.
0: <laughs> yes, you do. Just has become quite the gamer girl <laughs> as of late. Uh, but so, like I said, this was named after a Polish rare book collector named Wilfred Voynich, who discovered this in 1912, and carbon dating. Or I don't know if it's carbon dating, but the analysis they've done on the text, on the physical, not paper, but material it's printed on, dates it to sometime in the 13th century.
1: Wow.
0: And so this tome is filled with text all throughout, but also tons of imagery, all kinds of plants and and human forms and uh, all kinds of different... Uh, uh, like medieval style imagery in it. Yeah. But it is written in. Well, no one knows what it's written in. It's written
1: not ink. Well,
0: it's no, no one knows what. Oh, oh, what like language, language, language is it? If it's, it's even in a language, it's not any known language on our Earth. It is possibly oh. written in code, but no one's been able to decipher it. If it is a code, that's. Weird. But we do pretty definitively know that it's from sometime in the 13th late 13th early 14th century
1: right so this Mm -hmm. is like almost as old as like the magna carta but also like we we have relics from that time we have Mm -hmm. definitely a lot of information especially like in in europe where you know we managed not to like
0: completely destroy it all no but there is lots There's <laughs> but, plenty yeah. of texts from that time relatively speaking written in latin high mm-hmm. german you know all kinds of languages it's this fits none of those that's crazy. and so this text has been analyzed for you know ever since it was discovered by voynich mm-hmm. and it's broken down into uh six sections or parts so there's a herbology part with illustrations of different like plants. Plants, yeah. But very spooky, if I may say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is while some of the plants are have been identified, many of the plants illustrated in the book are not known to exist in the world. No one oh. recognizes these plants that are being depicted. They don't look like any real plants that we know.
1: That's so strange.
0: Right? There's also astronomical section you know, astrology, depictions yeah. of the stars and stuff, beautiful imagery of that. There's a balanological, which mm-hmm. is a term for medicinal baths like springs or okay. medicinal bathing. And it's filled with imagery of mostly nude women in nice. various baths. Hell yeah. Love that. <sighs> but again, we don't know what it's actually talking about. There's also like cosmological, there's a cosmological section. So talking about like zodiac signs and stuff like okay. that, I, as far as we can tell from the images. Right. And then there's a pharmacological section with illustrations of various herbs and solutions that hmm. appear to be medicinal. Like, you know, they're in containers that look like they're being used as medicine. Right. And right. then there's the last section is a is full of recipes. I couldn't... There's no illustrations in the recipe section.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't, I'm not sure how they know it's recipes. I couldn't find that answer. But apparently all the recipes are marked with like a little star next to them. They're, they seem to be like medicinal recipes. That's... So a lot of people think this is like a medicinal text specifically aimed at women or, or for women to for various treatments of mm-hmm. various maladies and whatnot. But no one knows for sure. It would be tons of people, tons of... Cryptographers, tons of code breakers throughout the decades have tried to crack the code, figured out what it is. Mm-hmm. Every computer advancement we have, they've used on this book to like find any kind of pattern mm-hmm. or anything. No one's got any idea.
1: This is strange. Is right? it real?
0: Well, that's the question. We know it is its age. We know it actually, you know, they're doing chemical testing however it's done i don't know if it's carbon dating or what
1: and they're testing like the medium as well as like the paper that they but like the ink
0: from every i've never all the articles and everything i've read about this none of it seems to question the date that it's attributed to everyone thinks it is as old as it's they think i just feel that's like i would question. really
1: like to know like the methodology used to study this i'm very intrigued into uh, to what they exactly looked at but if it is from that time like it was made from that time well, was it a hoax in that time
0: that's exactly the question and that's what many people have postulated i mean there's tons of theories about this book Uh, People think it's a weird form of abbreviated Latin. People Mm -hmm. think it's, uh, someone speculated that it's it's an enciphered type of Hebrew language. Some people think it's a language, but it's been left-hand mirrored, specifically high German. People speculate it's an old form of German, but it's been mirrored reverse as to like codify (sighs) it. People think it's a cipher. People think it's, it's there's real information, but it's mixed with gibberish to hide the information for whatever reason. Okay. Now- According to Wikipedia, all hail the great Wikipedia. Amen. Samples from various parts of the manuscript were radiocarbon dated. Okay. And placing it between 1404 and 1438, okay. so it seems to be pretty. Um, and then they also did protein testing a few years later that determines it was calf skin. It, it Everyone seems to be pretty confident that it is from that time period. But there's a lot of speculation that whoever wrote it originally, that it was like a weird prank or a hoax or I'm, some joke.
1: I'm also considering, although the fact that like, code breakers can't decipher it in any sort of way kind of pulls me away from this theory. But I I think mm-hmm. to like alchemy... And how a lot of alchemical text or like those site people that did or were attempting alchemy they would write in code or they would they would make their practice a secret because if they ever found the means to create gold or or the transmution or transmutation. Yeah,
0: transmutation.
1: If they ever figured that out, like they would not want that information getting out there. So a lot of their data and texts that they wrote were in a secret, secret, spooky
0: language, right. and And that's kind of where most people kind of generally land, and that's kind of what I would guess is the truth. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of conflicting takes on this script on this manuscript. There's a couple studies that, like I mentioned, they threw it into a computer to analyze like patterns and stuff. And they're like, there's no patterns. It's completely illogical. It's random. It's gibberish but then there's another study that's like no actually there is enough of a concise repetition in the structure that it could be some language or encoded language. So no one knows anything. It's back and forth. Everyone's just like guessing, but I would if I were to take a guess, I would say it is some kind of alchemical text, some kind of medicinal guide for some kind of lord or something. That was put through just a weird, obtuse code system that only they knew, and it was probably half a joke. And it just looks mysterious to us nowadays because we don't know. Right.
1: We're essentially aliens looking
0: at us. Right. It's like if if you gave the same, if you gave like our text abbreviations and like a thousand years from now they're trying to like decipher those, they would seem way more mysterious and obtuse than they actually are. Exactly. So no one knows, but it is. To this day, there's a mystery. No one has a- been able to find any kind of pattern or concise interpretation of it. People have speculated that it is s- the ravings of someone speaking in tongues or having a mental mm. break from reality. Yeah. A weird stream of consciousness thing. People have attributed to, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, of course. Everyone mm. thinks that someone mm-hmm. famous wrote it. But there's really no answer. We probably w- will never know. Dang. And so it remains. The spookiest book in the world.
1: I like that. A lot of mystery behind it.
0: Mm -hmm. So next, (laughs) our next story is the very spooky, very mysterious disappearance of Agatha Christie.
1: Oh, I love this topic. Doctor Who does a really good episode. Yes. um, About Agatha Christie and what happened to her and that weird disappearance. And that led me down a bit of a rabbit hole. It's a weird story. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it is. Yeah, so I thought you'd be familiar with it because of the Doctor Who episode. I knew you knew at least that much about it. But um, for those who don't know, Agatha Christie is one of the most famous mystery authors. In history, she's yeah. one who came we out with Death
1: on the Nile. We exactly. Got yeah, or- she, she, Murder on the Orient Express.
0: Yes, uh, she created the character uh, Hercule, Hercule Perot. Perot.
1: I don't know how to pronounce it.
0: But he's yeah. a
1: detective guy.
0: Death on the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express, very famous in her time and nowadays. She's one of the most famous mystery authors ever yeah but one of the greatest mysteries of her of Agatha Christie comes from not one of her books but from her real life yeah and so this dates back to December 3rd in 1926 when Agatha Christie disappeared so on that day she had been in a fight with her husband
1: Wait, before you start, mm-hmm. how long was she missing for?
0: Oh, I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. So this all starts on December 3rd. Okay. She has a fight with her husband. Uh, her husband goes to stay with friends, and she leaves her kids with the bay, Doesn't tell anyone where she's going, that she is leaving anything, and she's just gone. So the next day, everyone's like, where's Agatha Christie? So people start searching for her, and they find her car. But they find it, like kind of basically crashed into like a ditch on the side of the road. It like run yeah. into a wall or something. Uh-huh. It clearly been in an accident. There was no driver, but the headlights were on, there was a suitcase left, there was a coat left inside of it. That's so so strange. someone crashed it and then ran off. It, at least that's what it seemed. So this sparks just a whole manhunt. You know, there's a reward for her put out. There she's in all the newspapers. Thousands of people join in on this manhunt and the husband and his mistress, which his affair was the fight that he was having with Agatha right. Christie. Yeah. And, you know, they're interviewing them. They suspect foul play from them.
1: I would too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, well, less helpfully, uh, <laughs> Sir Arthur Cron- Conan Doyle, who creator of Shakespeare, <laughs> yes. he consulted with a... Um, Shakespeare,
1: the, cla- the creator. Of did I say Shakespeare? You Jesus did. Jesus Christ. The creator, of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> the
0: creator, of Sherlock Holmes. Possibly the creator of Shakespeare. There's a million theories about that out there. Why not? I'm going to write a book about that, how Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Shakespeare.
1: That's funny. Uh,
0: but he, uh, less helpfully, uh, questioned uh, Clairvoyant
1: to oh, find answers, of which
0: didn't lead to any helpful clues. but It he's, was
1: the fad. Back. He was trying.
0: He was, you know, out there. So. Ten days go by. No That's one's found so her. so
1: long. I was thinking it would be like two, three days. Yeah.
0: They they are dredging a local lake because oh, they my. everyone's suspecting it's suicide because also her mother had passed away recently. Oh. And then this whole affair with her husband. Like, what else would it be? Ten days? You, you, she's probably dead. Most yeah. certainly. Mm-hmm. And this is all over the papers. It's a huge story. Finally a tip comes into the police from a waiter at a hotel that is also like kind of like a spa retreat i mentioned like herbal re- the water remedies yeah yeah, that yeah. Thing. it's basically that kind of facility okay. it's halfway between a spa and like a rehab facility got it if you okay. get what i mean yes and he's like yo i got this lady who's going by the name theresa neal but i think this is agatha christie
1: That's crazy. So her
0: husband and the Popo, they go to this place. They go to the diner, the the dining hall in the facility. Mm -hmm. They set a table and they're like, well, talking, like what's going on? How are we going to do this? And then just across the room, strolls in Agatha Christie, like nothing's going on, sits down at a table, starts reading a newspaper with a headline of her disappearance in it.
1: Oh my God. Acting as
0: if she, none of it. She has no idea. This
1: is like a movie. It's, it's,
0: it is insane. It, it feels like it would be out of one, of one of her books. Yeah. So they go and you like, yo, I'm your husband. You hate me. You know, sorry. But she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know how she got to this place. She's just like, what? Um, what? Oh, my. And so that's kind of the story that goes out is that she had amnesia she have
1: like a complete mental break like a snap
0: so that's the thing people aren't sure there's a lot of speculation people think that uh got in that car crash had a concussion suffered from temporary amnesia because eventually she does get her memories back right she knows who she is obviously because she goes on to continue to be agatha christie yeah but this also made her really famous she wasn't very famous she was an author but she wasn't like well known until this incident so people speculated that this is all just a huge pr stunt oh okay and and so this mystery quote unquote has gone on forever you know people are speculating to this day Mm -hmm. but she's actually answered the question of what happened really it's just it's just kind of sad and not all that interesting in like a mystery suspense sense so people don't really talk about it but she gave an interview to the Daily Mail uh, back in the 20s, and this is the only time she's been documented to talk about this incident. She, In her autobiography, she never mentions this incident. This is the only time, as far as I'm aware, that she even talks about it. But the truth is, after learning about her husband having an affair, mm-hmm. and he would eventually go on to marry that woman, and they would divorce. Yeah. Um, of course they would. And compounded by the recent loss of her mother, she try uh, Agatha Christie was driving and was in such a state of despair that she decided to run into a wall, drive into a wall to kill herself. It didn't work obviously, but in the crash at some point she entered a fugue state where she just kind of lost herself. She didn't know who she was. She it's not amnesia. She just was kind of blacked out. Yeah. And she ended up going to this little town that was known as like a rehab place gotcha. you know it's kind of like Malibu you know like whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like known as a place for to go to like get treatment for stuff so thinks she thinks that she just kind of naturally went there like instinctually because she knew that would be a place to get treatment so she goes and is just like in a, a state for 10 days just wow. living there trying to disassociate from herself. And the name she used to check in that she was under was the name of the woman her husband was having an affair with. Oh, no way. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So That's
1: so sad. So
0: she just was suffering a total disassociation from reality.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. And
0: it's just not as fun of a story. No. It's just kind of sad. And she went through a lot of hardships. But...
1: But she came out better in she the end. Out.
0: But is there anything more spooky, Jess, than mental health?
1: Honestly, no. Exactly. I'll say it right now. That's the spookiest.
0: It is I mean, very spooky. it's it's
1: quite literally what keeps us spooked. It gives us the anxiety feelings. Think, and... Yeah,
0: that's where the spooks come from. Mm-hmm. In the deep recesses of your mind when things are quiet.
1: If you think about it, we are purposefully manipulating our minds into eliciting this type of like react, like reaction to. It's it's like an evolutionary trait that mm-hmm. we're abusing.
0: Well, yeah, we're like we're like <laughs> we're like stimulating this weird reflex where our heart rate goes up when we get scared. But like we're doing it, and we're like microfunsies. <laughs> yeah, we're microdosing fight or flight responses for fun. <laughs> pretty messed up when you think about it
1: yeah definitely
0: all right well that brings us to our final spooky literary story which is the story of the person who i think has possibly had the spookiest book life ever you want to take a guess i
1: already know mary shelley it
0: is mary shelley
1: she's the ultimate goth girl she
0: That's literally what my script says. says, Possibly the most goth person ever to exist, at the very least, had the most goth life.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: So, if any of you don't know, Mary Shelley was the author of Frankenstein, or the American Prometheus, if you go with the full title, which very... People rarely do, but I do love the full title.
1: It it makes more sense in like the story's context. I'm so
0: sorry, not the American Prometheus, the modern Prometheus.
1: Right, that's better.
0: Yes, no, it's way better. So Mary Shelley wrote one of the greatest scary stories of our time, one of the greatest horror, if not greatest novels of our time, or of all time. Yeah. All that Alone, Gives her incredible goth cred. But there's so much more to the Mary Shelley story. There really is. So Mary Shelley, or Mary Wolfencraft. Also a great name. So her name was Mary Wolfencraft Shelley, which is already goth name. Yeah. She was born in 1797 to a father who was a respected journalist and philosopher, and her mother, who is a staunch feminist and author of the radical and very groundbreaking uh, book, A Vindication of the Rights of Women. Again, this is, ni- <laughs> this is 1790s. This is
1: amazing.
0: Yeah. So she's born into a very, uh, what we'd call liberal, open-minded family. Her dad's job is a philosopher.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And then, mother- I, it's just great. So cool.
0: Unfortunately, she didn't really spend any time with her mother as her mom died from complications stemming from Mary Shelley's birth, ten Aww. days after Mary was born. That's tragic. So starting off real dark and spooky already.
1: That's true. Yeah, she's like, "I killed my mom."
0: She literally—that's what she would talk about. Like how she would frame <laughs> it. Um, and so her dad did remarry after a few years. And when Mary was 18 and started kind of resembling her mom, she started clashing with her stepmother, oh who no. kind of had like what this a weird, jealous woman. Literally, it was like evil stepmom thing. So sends her off to Scotland, the spookiest of places.
1: <laughs> like you can't.
0: There's no goth, more golf place out there.
1: Yeah, it's than so Scotland. it's, it's so like d- so it's basically like the UK's version of Forks, Washington. It
0: literally, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So she gets sent to school there. It's dreary and miserable, but that inspires her to start writing. So she starts writing these stories and stuff, and that's kind of how she first gets into this whole fiction writing thing. Right, if right, you right, 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 On a trip home a few years later, she comes to visit her dad, and she meets one Percy Shelley, who, if you've seen a picture of Percy Shelley, it's he is a delicate. pale boy. He's a pale, <laughs> emotional boy. Um, he, My favorite. He was a poet. <laughs> Already, yep. Need I say more? Mm-hmm. Um, and a uh, mentee of her father's, and, and this is key: married to a woman who was pregnant with his child.
1: row I don't know this part of the story. Oh yeah,
0: that did not stop him and Mary from hitting it off.
1: Of course not.
0: She was 16 and he was 22, 23, something like that. Not the worst Yikes. in this time period?
1: I fair enough, but but not ugh, great.
0: Really not. Um so their relationship started with um some romantic dalliances to put it in a PG phrase. Um in a graveyard, which is already
1: spooky ooky
0: b- But guess what grave they were Interacting on her mother, her own mother's grave. She lost her virginity on top of her mother's grave. Can you get more goth than that? You
1: really cannot.
0: You physically cannot be more goth than that. That's that is the gothest thing to ever happen. At
1: this point, you're trying a little too hard.
0: But that's the thing. They were. That's just what they were doing back then. (laughs) She was just 16, and so anyway, she gets pregnant. They run off together because they're really in love. I don't know what happens to his first wife and that kid. Well, <laughs> But they're just gone because they have to run away because everyone's upset about this relationship.
1: That makes sense, yeah.
0: For all the reasons. Correct. And so they go start traveling together, and tragically, her, she loses her child Aww. Um, just two weeks after giving birth. But she quickly is pregnant again, and they have another child, uh, their son William, in 1816. In, in that year, 1816, would be known as the year without a summer.
1: That's right. Incredibly Because there was gone. a volcanic exactly. eruption that blocked out the majority of the sunlight.
0: Exactly. So that summer was winter, basically. Oh, so
1: god, It's the
0: gothest thing. So she goes, her and Percy and their kid, go on a vacation to Lake Geneva with, among others, Lord Byron, who mm-hmm. is Who's a dandy fop of a playboy. man. He's the ultimate playboy. He's the ultimate like, emotional poet boy. He's a F-boy, if you will, you know, he's just...
1: The world's first celebrity, if you will.
0: One of the very first, definitely, yeah. Or, I mean, I, mean,
1: I would say, like, European. Yeah. No, Europe, but you're right, but yeah.
0: No, he's up there with, like, Fawn's list of, like, those, like, very early, like, celebrity celebrities. Like, mm-hmm. from the first people that were famous in the way that we think of being famous yes. nowadays. So, you guys have probably heard this story, but... Famously, on this trip, one night, they're up late, and they're telling each other spooky German ghost stories that they know. And then Lord Byron's like, well, why don't we make a little competition? Why don't we all go and write our own ghost story and see who can come up with the spookiest tale? Mm -hmm. And they all go and, like, drink absinthe or whatever. Probably not. But they all go and they write their stories. And... That's where Mary Shelley first begins her crafting her uh, idea for Frankenstein. Yeah. Probably maybe the most goth spooky thing to ever happen, at least in the world of of literature. Oh, for
1: sure. I mean, it's the summer. It's
0: it's the year without a summer. They're on a trip late at night, all these dandy rich fops, and they all exchanging ghost stories that ends up in one of like the most classic pieces of literature ever. It's amazing.
1: You really can't make it up.
0: You can't make it up. And so this trip happens. She starts the story. Uh, she wins the contest. Everyone's like, wow, what a great story. People are going to be teaching that in high schools years from down the line. And they're like, what's a high school? And they're like, don't worry about it. Anyways. So they, you know the trip's over. And about a year later, Mary Shelley publishes Frankenstein anonymously because she's a woman. And... Women weren't supposed to be publishing books, even if they were like the best books of the time. Right. I see Bronte sisters, etc.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So that happens. But unfortunately, Mary Shelley's life does not get easier. No. She, her and Percy constantly live on the run because Percy's constantly running from creditors because.
1: Or would you say on the lamb?
0: I would not say that. Oh. I find that very offensive. <laughs> this is Scotland. They're on the sheep. No, so Percy, you might have guessed, is like not the most responsible guy. Like not like holding down a nine to five job. He probably got her half sister pregnant. Like he had tons of affairs. He's not a cool dude. But they're constantly on the ramp on the. On the Ram. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, but they also have, like, this whole thing. They're, like, basically like, an open relationship, like a polyamorous relationship. They, like, didn't believe in the institution of marriage. Oh, interesting. I don't know how much of that was, like, Percy being, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be tied down. Mm-hmm. And Mary Shelley being, like, I can't leave you because I'm constantly getting pregnant and losing my children. Uh, <laughs> God. So Mary loses four of the five children that she would have with Percy. Oh, my. Before they even reach adolescence. That's crazy. It's super sad. And they don't end there. As in 1922, Percy ends up drowning in a boating accident.
1: That's tragic.
0: And his body, they find his bloated corpse on a beach, and they decide to cremate him there. But that's when something strange happens. As the fire goes down, they go the ashes and they see that there's something sitting there amongst them (sighs) something that didn't burn
1: i love this
0: it's percy shelley's heart
1: what in
0: the world so his heart happened his heart calcified
1: how while he was still alive
0: (gasps) and it i guess not enough to like it still functioned but (sighs) it calcified to the point that it couldn't be burnt because Ashes are just carbon, and you know, you calcify it's already, you know, down right. to a mineral, Basically, you're not gonna yeah, burn it. You, yeah. It's like
1: practically rock at that point,
0: yeah, exactly or
1: like coral,
0: right? Exactly, and uh, people speculate that it could be from what else but. A tuberculosis infection.
1: Yep, that makes sense. Well, they, that was all the rage. That's why it was such a spooky time, and they <laughs> liked the macabres because everyone was dying around them.
0: That's why. Yeah, and that's... they
1: or, either they were dying or they looked like they were dying. Right.
0: right? No, everyone was in, like you. Everyone was so pale, so malnourished, gaunt, just gaunt. Yeah, fr-
1: from the tuberculosis, coughing up blood you, constantly. constantly. Everyone
0: had tuberculosis, if not leprosy or cholera. And they didn't get sun because sunlight had been invented in England at that point. <laughs> and they were just like living off of like gin and hatred for minorities. Stop. But yeah, so his so Percy Shelley, this dude who never really took responsibility in his own life. He never really respected the people he supposedly would have cared about, turned out to literally be hard hearted you can't write a better metaphor like it's you, too much you couldn't put that it's in a book much. if you put that in a book where someone's body burned and all that was left with their calcified I heart roll my eyes. Yeah, it's 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 insane that it, and it's insane that that happened but it's insane it happened to like one of the authors who most embodies the capital r romantic period where like gothic literature is literally at its height, you know right like this is when Dracula's coming out. this is like when like all these things we think of as Gothic are happening and it happens to Mary Shelley like it's insane. So uh, from there on Mary continues to write and uh, is a strong advocate for women's rights and love that for her it seems to be cons from all the articles I read it seems to be constantly turning down various philosophers and actors who are trying to marry her oh
1: i'm sure she had so many offers
0: she's over it um but As she should be but she dies at the ripe old age of 53
1: Ooh. of
0: what is believed to be a brain tumor very spooky <gasps>
1: that that is spooky. it's sad it, it
0: sounded like the last few years of her life were very difficult she had suffered from were. a lot of different illnesses yeah. and she did not do well and her
1: work. Yeah,
0: and her writings towards the end of her life were not really well received and you know, she was really scraping by. Although she did write like one of the first like post-apocalyptic books called The really? Last Man. Oh. The book's not like f- everyone says it's not very good like technically, but it's like so ahead of its time as like a sci-fi story, much mm. like Frankenstein is very ahead of its time as a sci-fi story. Right. Um so it was very important in the history of literature, if not like technically a very profound book in and of itself like to read now but yeah so she died and a year after death i don't know why they waited this long but a year after her death her children search through her desk drawers where they find a truly goth collection of items
1: oh my god is one of them percy's heart
0: oh we'll get to it so they find locks of her dead children's hair love of course
1: i mean that's not that weird
0: no, especially at the time. Yeah, you know,
1: my my mom has a lock of my hair.
0: Sure, I have a lock of your hair. Where do I keep it? I'll never tell you.
1: <laughs> in the bathroom drain.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also has a notebook that she shared with Percy that they wrote to each other back and forth in. Mm-hmm. Also, a, a copy of his poem "Adonis." Oh. But within her copy of his poem, one of the pages is folded around a silk parcel, oh. and in that parcel are. Percy Shelley's ashes, part some of his ashes, uh-huh. and his calcified heart.
1: How big is it?
0: I think it's a piece of his heart. I okay. think it got broken up or something. It, okay. the, the heart got passed around to other people. She only I got see. remnants of it at this point. Got it. But all she has in her drawer her or desk drawer things. are just remnant remnants of the dead. That's she lived yeah. a thoroughly goth, spooky life. She really did. Some might call it. Sad.
1: Yes, definitely. But I would definitely say it was sad.
0: Undeniably spooky as well. Definitely. So that's my spooky literary stories.
1: I am really pleased with that. I liked every single one of them. Although the last one was a bit of a downer.
0: It is a bit of a downer. But. But uh, Mary Shelley is a fascinating person.
1: You could definitely say that she led a very interesting life.
0: And you mean the amount of things she went through... And and the fact she only lived to 53 is just a testament to how insane life was in those times. But also what a fascinating person she was. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take away agency from her because she lived a truly fascinating life. And she was very close friends with a lot of interesting, influential people at the time. And so she seemed to be a a woman who was very intelligent and very interesting at a time when women weren't really allowed to be that. Yeah, Yeah, And... Tragically, she got saddled with having to just be a, a breeder, you know, pumping out kids and dealing with a deadbeat husband and stuff. So yeah. it makes you wonder what she could have accomplished without that world around her, but we'll never know.
1: But we'll never know.
0: But then again, she also... I mean, I'm sure that
1: heartbreak fu- fueled her and her yeah. creative outputs.
0: I, I'm i certain the death of her mom and, and the loss of life that she had definitely inspired Frankenstein, which I think came... the ideas of it came from a nightmare but yeah. I mean you would have to imagine the idea of wanting to wake the dead and, and trying to play god like that would come up if you're someone who's lost a lot of people in your life definitely
1: definitely so good stories yeah
0: but we'll move on now to some book recommendations some spooky books for this uh, one day left of Halloween season <laughs> for you guys out there I'm going to start with one I haven't read because I wasn't able to get a hold of it in time for this, but I've heard so many good reviews that I just want to shout it out because everyone seems to be raving about it. And it's a book called Mexican Gothic.
1: Oh, I've heard about this.
0: Yeah, it's by Silvia Moreno Garcia. Um, and these are all YA spooky book recommendations, mm-hmm. um, if I didn't mention that. I don't really know what that book's about, but I've just, every Google search I've done about halloween ya books spooky ya books that one's always on one of the top ones on the list yeah she's really popular right now so recommend that i have a couple series that really fit the spooky vibes one is truly devious by maureen johnson um
1: that's like a murder mystery type of vibe right definitely ag of the Christie yeah. sir
0: arthur conan doyle mm-hmm. writer of shakespeare inspired um <laughs> book but it's also mixed with like modern true crime ideas but it's a um, a girl who's obsessed to true crime who goes to this really famous eccentric school and she's trying to solve the mystery of the school that was basically founded by like the equivalent of like jd rockefeller right or, you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. very time. rich
1: man with a lot of secrets right
0: yeah and it's the original trilogy of that series is really good um uh, i recommend i read the first book that takes place outside of the school i didn't mm-hmm. like
1: it as much yeah you told me about it it was a little wild
0: uh I'll, yeah i'll just say like
1: a little outrageous jump, like jump a christy story yeah
0: yeah a little it goes to a place that feels a little insane to me but yeah. the original trilogy is really good a solid boarding school mystery drama Um, With real stakes. And then um, one I'm really enjoying that I'm in the middle of right now is a series. I don't know what the series is supposed to be called. But the first book in the series is called All Our Hidden Gifts by Carolyn O'Donohue. O'Donohue. It's
1: got a beautiful cover. It's got a gorgeous cover. I
0: love it. And it's about a girl who, who, in Ireland who's at a... God bless you. Who goes to a boarding school and she finds a set of spooky tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And she... Performs readings for the other students, but when she does it with one of her old friends, who she currently has a beef with, that person disappears. And so she's tries to figure out how to find this person. Mm. Um the first book is really good, but the sequel is also great where they kind of build on the magic and lore of this book. I love their interpretation of magic. It's kind of a very Wicca, Wiccan version of magic. Very Irish. It's very interesting where they go with it. I really like it. They talk, but they also tackle a lot of like YA subjects like transgender, yeah. LGBT rights, um, indoctrination, all these different topics. It's really good. I really well done series. I haven't read the third one yet, but the first two I've greatly enjoyed and I highly recommend b- Yeah, those it's books. on
1: my TBR. Yeah.
0: But uh, do you want to do a couple of yours?
1: Yeah. So I got, I got a couple in there. Um, they're at like middle grade level. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Small Spaces by Catherine Arden. Mm. Um, I've not read this one yet, but it is like semi popular in my library. Okay. And Catherine Arden is the author of The Bear and the Nightingale. Oh, okay. No, I like that sounded read. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Which in that book, the storytelling is just phenomenal. The it way really that is. she just creates the way that her voice reads to me is it feels very
0: folky it's a book it takes place in russia and it's one of those books that like i feel the cold of winter as i read it like you feel the place you're in it's very spooky i love that kind of scenery it's really good yeah
1: um and so it's from her and it's Mm -hmm. like a it's it's meant to be like scary spooky okay so it's on my spooky book display But yeah, I've heard great things from it, and I trust this author enough to give this recommendation without reading it. It's very good. Mm -hmm. The second one that um, is also like semi-popular in my library is called Scary Stories for Young Foxes. Um, And this one seems interesting, it's definitely also on my TBR as of lately, but it's Described as drawing inspiration from Bram Stoker, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Allan Poe, and it's essentially eight stories that are interconnected, and like weave this kind of tale about two little foxes that get separated from their from their litters and have to move about a dangerous world of monsters. So it seems cool.
0: I like that. That sounds dope.
1: Yeah,
0: our our dog is just like. Have her, has her face right next to me in my microphone she's just staring into nothing she's
1: being really weird it she's was being strange. really
0: awkward uh no that sounds great i have a similar recommendation uh in that it's an anthology mm. um i guess it would be a short story collection because yeah. it's one author yeah. uh, but it's called too scared to sleep by andrew uh, duplessis and it's to, I would best describe it as a blend of scary stories to tell in the dark mm-hmm. and Black Mirror. Oh, okay. So, so it's a l-
1: twisted, twisted, psychological, like,
0: ironic, like. Um, yeah. So I want to read uh, the foreword for this book because it gives me a uh, Snicket vibes. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. If you are reading this book, make sure you are not near any electrical devices. They are watching, and mm. listening. Mm. Inside your bread, inside your bedroom is good, under your covers is even better. You ever heard the saying, truth is stranger than fiction? Well, the best stories contain truth. Truth is why I write this book. Every story that follows is true. Mostly terrifying, often shocking, always truthful. The only details I've changed are names and locations to protect those who told me their stories. The ones still alive, that is. This book is a warning, a glimpse into our dark future. Over the last few months, I've received a lot of advice suggesting that I don't share these stories with you. That's why we're going old school, analog, cover to cover. (laughs) A book is the only place that's safe. Read this book and pass it around to your friends so they can be warned as well. You never know when the darkness is coming for you. That is is
1: so good. I want to read it right now.
0: And so it books divide into sections. So it's like ghost stories like stories of like technology run amok blah 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 and each one has like a short blurb mm-hmm. before that section i just want to read you the first section blurb because it comes right after the foreword and it's just perfect yes so this section is called short frights for dark nights mm. i know you don't want to hear it but ghosts are real that shadow in the corner of your eye it moved and your favorite teddy bear well sometimes it is watching I mean, that's just fun.
1: That's so scary. I know. It's good.
0: And some of the stories are better than others, but there's some that are generally twisted and dark that I thoroughly enjoyed. There's some that were a bit meh. You're like, eh, fine, whatever. Sure. Some that were like straight up just Black Mirror episode, like I've heard this yeah. tale before. But uh, very good stuff. It's solid. It's uh, the debut book by this author, and it's a truly good time. I highly recommend it if you have a kid or no kids or something and they're reading scary stories to tell in the dark and if you want to keep going with that energy this is like a, a natural sequel to that
1: right that vibe yes but it's sure. much
0: more modern with like it's a lot of iphone social media stories stuff like that
1: right yeah
0: and then finally um there's a a, a book called there's someone inside your house by stephanie perkins mm, uh, this That's this is a, a no for me what <laughs>
1: That sounds scary. Oh, it
0: is scary. I know. So this is the book. Um, it's I really enjoyed this book. It's just a random find by me. But it's about this girl who has some something happens in her hometown in Hawaii. And she has to move in with her grandma in Oklahoma in a small town, Oklahoma. Oh, no. And you don't know why at first, but she's trying you know she's in love with this boy and he's weird and he's like the school outcast and she's trying to fit in there's all this stuff all this ya stuff but then on top of it there's a serial killer in this town
1: oh, and no, no. one knows who
0: it is and it's a serial killer who likes to sleep, uh, stay inside people's homes and move things around
1: absolutely not. when they're not looking absolutely so you come into a room not. and your
0: drawers are open i found i thoroughly enjoyed this book i found it it blended YA themes of, like, adolescence, growing up, falling in love for the first time really well with, like, genuinely creepy, disturbed slasher movie vibes. It it had a really abrupt ending to me. Okay. Which took it down a notch. But I still, I, it was a four out of five for me, which is high for me, especially that for is, this kind yeah. of genre book. But just full disclosure, when I went to look at reviews on this at Goodreads, a lot of people who do not like this book. Oh,
1: interesting! It's
0: really divisive. Okay, um, I think part of partly it's due to this author. I believe is like a, a straight romance author.
1: Oh, and
0: this is like their first like kind of foray into like a different genre, and gotcha. I think it just didn't. It wasn't perceived very kindly.
1: I see. Okay, I see. I
0: I see people's criticisms. I personally, I just found it to be a really solid, fun read. I enjoyed the the heck out of it I, I was well, good. I was hooked the whole time so I don't know maybe I'm wrong but I I really I thought it was a fun read yeah. I liked the characters I liked uh I found all the characters very interesting and unique and diverse and I thought they were fun and I liked their motivations and stuff it was a bit unrealistic but like so are all these books yeah but anyway so
1: I guess if any listeners if you read it let us know what you think
0: yeah and I'll list all these recommendations in a uh, description of this episode. So check them out. Um, all of these, at least all the ones I've said, I don't know about yours, but I assume yours as well, you can find on Libby probably. for free. Um, Small can...
1: spaces for sure. I have not looked up the Young Foxes
0: one, but yeah. probably. But all these you can find probably in Kindle Unlimited and all that. Um, highly recommend them if you want to keep the spooky vibes going into November.
1: Yeah. Which we will. And uh, thanks, y'all, for listening and for being patient with yeah. me mostly, but both of us.
0: Well, we also were delayed because I was recovering from the sad news that Haruki Mirakami once again did not receive the Nobel Prize in Literature. <laughs>
1: Tragic. Do you know who it was?
0: Some Norwegian dude. Okay. okay. I forget his name. Gotta get it. Got it. It's a but, travesty. Um,
1: but anyways. It's
0: just because he talks about nipples too much. They're never going to give it to him.
1: Thank you guys for listening to us. Um, We'll be back at it again shortly. I'm, I'm slowly getting back into reading things. Yeah. So. I,
0: the plan is in a couple of weeks we'll be back with the second book, uh, the sequel to The Cruel Prince. Yes um at the very least we'll come back with another mini-sode because that's easier for jess yeah but we'll just we're doing what we can and we'll try to keep y'all informed and try to get as much out there as we can we're not going away that's for sure
1: no definitely not but yeah s- slowing down for a little bit yeah
0: in the meantime check out um into the fold our friends there they have a great pod they, yeah, they just recently did a live show which is really cool yeah they're talking about um Oh God! There's so many books now. I don't remember it, what they're called. Uh, Shadow and Bone.
1: Oh, I was like, are you talking, the Grisha verse? The Grisha verse. <laughs> Shadow and Bone, and
0: yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of books out there. There's all kinds of pods. are all kind of books out there. Yeah. So just have fun, and you know what? Remember, guys, you could be spooky anytime. Not just October. Be spooky. Be spooky in March. That's a real challenge. Anyone can be spooky in October. Be spooky in April.
1: And also don't suck yeah we don't suck bye Bye. Bye.
0: it is spooky like listening to mirakami's Mm -hmm. sex scenes (laughs) They're just—they're weird, they're, and they're all the same.
1: Do you think it's a translation issue?
0: Mm, no, I wish I could say it. It's just there's It'd a
1: few. be like that.
0: There, I can't talk about it too much on our family friendly pod, but um, he just has some themes he returns to a lot. And when you read all of his books, like most fans like me do, you just you start to pick up patterns, and you, it just starts to get a little weird. But he's still a really good author. So what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, what are you gonna do?
0: Keep reading.